Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Hello there folks and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with myself Lester Lindsay and Hammy Hamilton. This show is done straight after the Scotland-Croatia game so it will be probably more emotional than um, than rational but you can probably forgive us seeing as you're all Scottish anyway. An all too familiar feeling of snatching defeat for the jaws of victory um, and it's a, it's a feeling we'll all, we'll all know very well. It never ever gets any easier. We've lived through it enough times now though that it's came familiar. Hammy, what was your thoughts on the game? Listen, it's as you said there, it's it's one of the things tonight we are doing the podcast and it's disappointing, of course it is. It's going to be hard to discuss it straight after the game. You're full of emotions, you're full of despair, um everything that you've built up this year to be is now gone. Uh, it's gone prematurely. I think everyone going into this game tonight would have, would have been hopeful, would have been, you know, the, the country was sort of united in the fact that um, Scotland could do something. You know, even the Rangers fans who, who, who support England, you know, uh, everyone was united in this. And, you know, we're looking at Andy Robertson on the screen here. He's put absolutely everything into it. And it's just disappointment more than anything. But... I like to think that during this podcast, during this show, is where Scotland go for here? Because tonight, we played a better team. We were beaten by the better team on the night. Absolutely. And one thing I would like to discuss throughout this podcast is how it was sort of taken away from us in that first game. In the first game, it was there for the taking. And it wasn't It, it wasn't delivered. Going into the Euros, we knew that Croatia were, were probably our... You know, an an England game, England are probably the best on paper in terms of opposition and stuff like that. I wouldn't agree with you hundred percent on that, but on paper everyone's thinking, you know, you look at the bookies and stuff like that, England are one of the better teams. But we just knew that we wouldn't get a result at Croatia. But it was that first game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The the first lineup that we seen was a bit disappointing. I think that's Typically, Scotland, you know, Gordon Strachan not playing Lee Griffiths at the start of the tournament. I think that is just typical Scotland. Aye, it's, it's that, that almost kind of stubbornness that you get for Scottish people and it's not wanting to change. Um, it's something that I don't think Steve Clark's guilty of particularly because when he came in, he changed the system for Gordon Strachan's 4-2-3-1 to his own kind of 3-4-3, if you will. Um He's brought in a lot of personnel at Decky Gallagher. He gave Constein his first ever game. So I think Steve Clark, yeah, I think he has definitely managed to take us forward as well. I think the people will be calling for his head after that performance. But for me, he's never really done anything wrong for Scotland. He shows loyalty to his players. I mean, people were calling for David Marshall to be dropped. I don't think that was right either. And he's he showed faith in him. The same with O'Donnell. Um, it's just bitterly, bitterly disappointing tonight. You go one 0 down to a sloppy goal. Um. You could argue over a hundred times over whose who's fault the goal is. I don't think there's really much point in that exercise, to be honest with you. Um, and then we came back into the game just before half-time. We had a great strike for Callum McGregor. The ball's cleared half-heartedly for Croatia. Callum McGregor takes a great first touch on his left foot and then hits an absolutely 
brilliant shot on his right foot and the hard low, exactly how you're taught to strike a ball into the bottom corner. And, and you could see the full Scotland team united, as you were saying earlier, the fans as well. Everybody was going mental. It was brilliant. Me and you were even going mental in your back garden, you know. It was a great time to be Scottish, but typically Scottish only lasted about half an hour before that get ripped away phase again. When um, Who got the second one? Modric. That screamer of a goal for Luka Modric. And I think it's a good time to talk about how good he was tonight. Yeah, sometimes you need to actually acknowledge the opposition. Um, tonight, against Croatia, I think we were outplayed, especially in that middle of the park. Um, the scoreline was 3-1, and I think Croatia, you know, after the game, to actually catch a Scotland fan actually saying that is pretty rare. But I think we are united in the fact that Croatia were the better team tonight. Absolutely. Um, they probably deserved to win the game. They controlled that middle of the park. And sometimes you need to just hold your hands up and go, do you know what? We weren't good enough. We put in a great performance tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll say that. We managed to get a goal, you know, our first goal of the tournament, our first goal in, what would that be, 25 years. You know, Ali McCoy scored their last goal, Euro 1996, with a stunning goal. And 25 years later, Callum McGregor replaces that feat. So, looking at the game tonight, it's, it's, it's of course it's disappointing because I would say the first 15 minutes we were the better yeah, yeah, team absolutely. really going for it. Stephen O'Donnell looked up for it. John McGinn looked up for it. Shea Adams, brilliant, just missing that finishing touch. But then the Croats, after that 15 minutes, started to dictate the game. You know, Brozovic, Kovacic, Modric in the middle of that park outnumbered us. Mm-hmm. You know, we had two players sitting forward. We had the three at the back with the two wing-backs. And it was just Armstrong wasn't really doing it for me, I've got to say. Um, and I feel harsh, harsh criticising the Scot- the Scotland players tonight because they were up against that opposition. They were up against a Ballon d'Or winner, mm-hmm. a Champions League winner, and a, a, a Scudetto winner in Brozovic. It's just it is harsh to criticise them tonight. I don't think many of them put too much of a foot wrong. But what you can say is, as I say at the, st- at the start of the the show, and I know I've spoke about it time and time again, but what my mind leads back to is that Czech game, where, where that game was for the taking, it was at home, and the the players that we fielded that night weren't up to it, whereas tonight, I think everyone put in a solid performance, but were just outclassed. I think what you also see is, when you play games thick and fast as they are at the Euros, I think that's the space of maybe, was it eight days, we've played three games, and when you've got that England game in the middle, everyone was praising, I mean, European-wide, everybody was praising how well Scotland played against England, but it looks at it was how much drive was in the middle of the pitch. Everybody showed that they were right up for it and they gave absolutely everything. It's how much, with four days to recover, it's a tough ask to, yeah. ask to go out and do that again, especially when you're playing, as you've mentioned, the class of Luka Modric, Kovacic and Brozovic. And that's only their midfield. We've not even touched on the yeah. forward line of Perisic. Petrovic, the, the, the Croatian side is absolutely littered with world-class players. Um, when we'd seen the lineup come out today, we were obviously kind of you, you're happy to see the lineup, but Armstrong for me, he wouldn't he wouldn't have been the man I would have picked. I would personally I would have liked to have seen John McGinn drop deeper because you know the work rate he's got, you know the kind of player that you're going to get out of him in that kind of physical battle in the midfield yeah. you get with John McGinn. He's very good at that, and I would have liked to have seen maybe a more forward thinking player behind the two strikers if we're going to go with two strikers like a, a David Gil uh, David Gilmore, uh, David Tumble, sorry, or a, even a Ryan Christie. Just somebody that's capable of taking the ball, turning and making something happen. Um, not saying John McGinn's not that, but he's more known for his late runs. 
a couple of good chances for John McGinn today as well, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, namely the one at the start of the second half. The ball gets whipped in early. Um, I think it was I think it was actually Stuart Armstrong to put the ball in. John McGinn arrives late. He jumps in, he goes for it with his left foot and everybody's got 20-20 hindsight in there, but if he just swings the right foot at it, you never know what's going to happen. The ball goes out for a goal kick and it really ruins that possession for us. Yeah, 100%. As you say there, John McGinn, and you mention him, he had, for the first time I've ever seen, and he's not just his international career, but his full club and playing career, he had a, a poor game. I thought he was man-marked again similar to how he was man-marked against the Czech Republic. He was given a little bit of freedom against England because they were so far pushed forward. But I think Ch- uh, Croatia tonight, they just, um, for the first 15 minutes, they sat back. You said this at the time, yep. I said this at the time. They sat back and it looked as if, oh, wait a minute here. Scotland are more up for this. But I think it was doing that Barcelona thing where they sat back for the first 15 minutes, suss out what formation, what system, what style, what shape the other team or the opposition is going to present and then after that they go right okay here's what we're going to do they all talk to each other and then they set up from there I think that was how they they played the game tonight and that's what gave us the false hope if you know what I mean but to go back to John McGinn for his standard he wasn't exceptionally man-marked as he was in the Czech game but I thought he had a great couple of chances I mean being the top scorer of Scotland in this current squad, not even just under Stevie Clark, in this current squad, he's a top scorer for Scotland. I thought his finishing, the one where it, it gets chipped in by Kieran Tierney, I mean, it needs to be a right foot. It needs to be a right yep. foot. He's tried to hit it with his left. It's poor. It's poor for John McGinn's standard. And it could have won as a game. Because that changes the game. At that point, you're going 1-0 in front. And that completely dictates the different style that Croatia would play to the game instead of dictating they'd be more pressing forward. The high press would be on from um, Pektovic, uh, Rebic and Perisic, but I've getting tangled my words. Itch, itch, itch. But um, itch and scratch your show. But um, <laughs> no, but honestly, like I, I, I think he was poor and he's the only player I would actually say tonight had a poor game, but he did try and it's a typical John McGinn. You can't slate him too much because as I said about 10 minutes ago, you were playing against better opposition tonight, so you're expecting that from more of the players. I think that'll be quite a controversial view as well, because obviously John McGinn is loved by the Tartan Army and everybody in Scotland, so let us know what you think on Twitter at T-Pundits of John McGinn's performance tonight. I think me and Hammy are both in agreement. It wasn't his best game. I think John McGinn would admit that himself, to be honest with you. Um, but let us know what you think. Um, David Marshall had a couple of cracking saves. Um, one for an offside position for Perisic, but he doesn't know. David Marshall had a good, good game today. Um, wouldn't fault him for anything. Three goals, they were well-taken goals. You can't, you're can't. you doing nothing for Modric's. The first goal, either McTominay or McGregor have lost their man. And the third goal, it's a great header. Well, let's go, but let's go past the first goal for Croatia. Right, OK. It's a ball in. It's a set-piece. O'Donnell loses out on the header too to Perisic. Yeah, he's too, he's, too, he's too late to get up, but you expect that if you're a defender. Mm-hmm. You expect that if you're a right-wing-back as well. Not just a right-back. You know, he plays further forward in that right-wing-back position. He's expected to lose some of those loose headers yeah. in the box, you know. Yeah, he's great at them against England, that's the thing, so it's, it's so shocking to see that. But he's playing against Perisic, a guy with probably better athleticism than him, yeah. better height than him, and he loses out. You expect that, it's maybe 50-50 in that sort of case. They must have looked at that before the game, that a ball's going to get whipped in with Luka Modric or Brozovic, mm-hmm. and it's going to go to O'Donnell's side or Andy Robertson's side because they're playing as a wing-backs. 
And as it goes to O'Donnell's side, you need to pick up on the loose balls. So as it happened, you know, O'Donnell loses out in the header, in the 50-50 header. It's a bouncing ball. And I've got to say, at the time, I said it to you at the time because we watched the game together, but McGregor, I thought, was at fault for it. But actually looking at it back with better angles on the camera, I thought McTominay. McTominay starts busting out to Perisic. He's a way out there to try and help Stephen O'Donnell, or he doesn't know Stephen O'Donnell's there. He's got no awareness. Yep. And that is the story of Scott McTominay in that in the right centre-half position. It's, and I'm being very critical here because it was a special goal at the same time as well. But you've got, you've got to say that McTominay has no awareness there. I was blaming Cal McGregor, but I would say it's more Scott McTominay at fault. Nobody follows Vlasic in. Nobody follows him in for his shot, for his goal. And it's Scott McTominay who drifts off, leaves Callum McGregor exposed as well as Vlasic. Callum McGregor tries to make up the ground. It looks like it's his fault. But it's Scott McTominay in that back line again. Absolutely. Uh, Vlasic, good goal. We dick butter. Just after his goal, he just seemed to want to start riots with everybody, didn't he? Thought he was. No, he was a prick. Yeah, absolutely. Total prick. Um, he he's the token prick of the match. Da pundits prick of the match. He that award goes to Vlasic. I hope he gets. Oh, well, watch what you're saying. Here. Yeah. Be careful. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to go on to next? It was okay. So as you were mentioning earlier, Croatia they they took the first fifteen minutes. We we both thought to kind of start us out. And we play a very very narrow system with with the exception of Donald and Robertson. So when the ball's up top of the pitch, there's no a lot of width. It's a lot of that pressure yep. on John McGinn to cover uh-huh. both sides, and it's near enough impossible for him. I think Croatia noticed that as you said, they noticed it really really early and really well. And it was a very very simple job for Luka Modric. He's played against some of the best teams in the world. Um, we weren't pressing particularly high, which I don't think is a, a model of Steve Clark anyway. He likes to sit and hit in the counter. But we gave them so much space that Luka Modric was able just to drop deep, take the ball and then spread it side to side and force those forwards to move like so much, create a lot of space. And it, I said it to you time and time again during the game, was how easy it was to break that midfield line. Yep. Because it was so easy, because they were all pushed over to one side. Because you've only got the three that play as a flat three, yep. it's so easy to move them about and create space on the other side. And when you've got players, and we'll keep saying the three names over and over again, of Modric's quality, of Brozovic's quality, and Kovacic just quality, they can ping a pass 20, 30 yards without even looking at it, you know, and they spread the ball that wide, that easy, that's I think where the main issue was, um, people will, I think a lot of people will blame Stephen O'Donnell again for that display, I don't think Stephen O'Donnell put, put a foot wrong in the match to be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, Czech Republic, yeah, absolutely, had a, a, a dire performance and we called him out for it, against England they was brilliant, and I think today, again, he put in a very, very good performance, Yeah, I, I, I think, as we say, John McGinn's probably the only person that you would have below pass marks today, um, it's just just disappointing. It's really bitterly disappointing. As in the game was sort of as you said lost in that middle of the park, and it's we're trying to cast blame here. You're playing against the World Cup finalist. You know what I mean? The yep. most recent World Cup finalist doesn't matter if it was a few years ago. The most recent World Cup, they were in the final. You know, and you need to look at that, and it's the same sort of team apart from maybe Mandzukic yeah. that I can think about in the team. They've still got Perisic, they've still got Brozovic, still got Kovacic, still got Modric. <laughs> you know, I'll go through the whole team here, right? Still got Vida. <laughs> but you're playing against a World Cup finalist. Absolutely. And going into that, we had how many months to prepare? It was November we qualified, so you're talking six or seven months that we had to prepare. It seemed that there was no plan B, and it's it's so hard to criticise. I don't know if it's the emotions taking us over, because it's only 22. Is this a WWE on, by the way, now, <laughs> on the TV? But it, 
it's emotional because we're only what sub 30 minutes after the game or something like yep. that so it is hard to try and find positives at this moment we're being very negative Scottish culture and everyone else taking any account I think that's okay I think we need to try and find constructive criticism mm-hmm. if you know what I mean because I think it's been fair to every player yeah 100% like if we're going to progress as a nation you need to be constructively criticised you need to criticise all the players mm-hmm. you know you need to criticise the team because ultimately at the end of the day we've finished bottom of the group mm-hmm. and it and we've got one point out of nine. And it, of course you probably expect that for Scotland, but it's still not good enough. And just taking that game in sheer isolation, I think the game was lost in the middle of the park and we didn't have a plan B because we went one goal down, we need a goal, we need to beat them. We went two goals down, we need to beat them. We still played with three at the back, you may as well call that five because Robertson and O'Donnell are, are defenders, yep. right? You may as well call that five. We've not got a plan B. The game for Croatia, it's seven months to prepare. They, We knew that they were going to dictate that midfield. Mm-hmm. But what do we do? We've only got one plan. We've got plan to play five at the back, which leaves you a player less and in the middle of the park. We play with, two exactly, we're playing with two <laughs> strikers. And if it's no two strikers, it's a striker with a centre attack mid in behind. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So at that point, we need to have a plan B, especially for that game. And it didn't feel like we had that. And it, I'm being super critical here because I think the boys have gave everything they've got. I think Steve Clark is the man to lead us forward. But I, I do honestly think that we we should have had a plan B, at least if we went one goal behind. Aye, absolutely. So if you said, let's try and find some positives. Um, I'm amazed we've not said it so far. We got there. It's, it's been 23 years. It's been our entire lifetime. It's been waiting to see it happen. We got there. We can we can enjoy the fact that we got to the Euros. We had, yes, our I can boogie, blasting. We've had so many good memories. That draw against England at the Euros, albeit bittersweet now, at the time was absolutely fantastic great night was had by all in scotland i think um but if you're wanting the main positive i think it's got to be the, the crop of players that we have coming through usually when we, when we exit a tournament or don't qualify for the tournament the, the, the conversation is we need to go back to grassroots football or oh, this isn't working just picking players because they're down south prowess the, the current crop of players we have coming through uh, there's so many of them already playing kian tierney young guy You've seen Patterson come on today, or it's a cameo appearance to kind of get him some kind of time in the Scotland top at a, a competition. But he's a he, young, young player coming through. David Tumble, Billy Gilmore, Kevin Nisbet. We do have a crop of young players that are going coming through, and it looks it's it's a really good time and exciting time to be a Scotland fan. It is, and it's I, I like that you've switched that there for going really negative <laughs> to positive because we need to be positive. World Cup's only a year away. You usually have two years to play. We've got one now. You could say that possibly the reason that we've not got there in our full lifetime, as you said, our entire lifetime, as you quote, is because we are such a negative nation. You know, somebody does something good and we are hard to criticise them, the first to criticise them. You know, somebody doesn't play well and we're on their back straight away. Oh, is it because he plays with Motherwell? Is it because he plays with Kilmarnock? You know, we've seen that throughout, especially in the past couple of years that Steve Clark became the manager. He's gave so many caps to so many players. Were so harsh and so quick to jump on players' backs, but yeah, you're right. Let's get fucking positive. I mean, what are we like 30 minutes now after the full time whistle? We should be emotional, but I know what you mean. There is a feeling of there's no dread, it's you feel excited, there's you don't feel like it's all done. Aye, like exactly what you say there. We're 30 minutes after it, and there is an element of 
you know, this is the start of something. We have got great players in the team. We've got better players than than most of the international squads. And I say most, I'm, I'm, there's obviously 24 teams. I would say the Scotland team, you know, Premier League players, the best league in the world, players who could easily go to the Premier League, such as your Callum McGregor's. Mm-hmm. Even Stephen O'Donnell could probably go to the Premier League. By the way, the showings that he's given the last two get after that Czech Republic game, not a chance. I thought he'd go into League Two in Scotland to be looking at a game for Britain. But the, the England team in the Croatia game, he didn't put a foot wrong. He didn't. He a hundred percent never. We've seen Tierney going. Do you know what we've not even touched on? Is I mean, you can you, you're talking about we had seven months to plan for this game, right? So Steve Clark has obviously looked at this game and thought we need to get a goal when we win. That's how he's looked at it. Sure up the defence and make sure it's solid. And 30 minutes in, we lose our only centre-back in that defence. We play five at the back and we had one centre-back on in Grant Hanley. You have Scott McTominay and Kieran Tierney on the other side, so Grant Hanley's the man to organise that. And we lost him straight away. And Grant Hanley's probably been one of our best players at the full Euros. Even at the Czech Republic game, he got past marks. He was a good, good player in that game. Yep. Um, we lost him. Kieran McKenna comes on. I don't think he's had a bad game, but it does. It really changes the dynamic. Kieran McKenna? Kieran McKenna, that's a nice <laughs> Hamilton player. Scott <laughs> McKenna, sorry. Um, he came on and it put... As much as he's a like for like replacement, big physical guy, wins headers, not quite get the pace of Hanley, but it does change that back line. It yeah, changes I... the full complexion. I would like to have seen Scott McTominay push that in the midfield, yeah. but as I say to you during the game as well, you can't go change the defensive line that much. You can't, because it just it creates unsettlement. Listen, if it's playing on me and yours mind about Scott McTominay and that back line, then you can only imagine what it's doing to Steve Clark. You know, like Scott McTominay can play there, he's played there the majority of the season with Man United and it does do something to your brain, you know, you're going well we've not got a centre half of that quality, mm-hmm. but we've got a guy who plays centre defensive mid, who plays there with probably well, they were in the Super League, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, Man United, <laughs> they were one of six Premier League clubs Europa League and, final as well, uh, exactly like he, he is a quality player and he, he's like a Tierney, he's, he gives you that balance because Tierney is an attacking left-back. He gets the ball and he drives forward with it. You know, he plays, he doesn't just play it back, he goes forward with the ball. And to have a player like McTominay on the other side who can do that is, is great. But Did we see it enough? No, we didn't. And we've not seen it enough. We knew that in the... In the um, the treble header leading up to the semi-final, the playoff, mm-hmm. you know, against Israel. And we knew it then, and we didn't play him there in the final, and that, that's just Scott McDominay for you. Like, he can play that that centre-back role for Man United. But everything spoke about him and the young club of players, because he's, he's so established in the world of football. He's an all-cracking young player coming yep. through. Aye, 100%. Like, that's what's so exciting about it. And that's what we need to really latch on to here, is the positivity around that Scotland squad. Mm-hmm. We played tonight against that, and I'll put in quotation marks here when I say an aging team, but you can see we could be no, on experience. Can he be Fasia? I was thinking about this today when I heard it in a podcast. Not that I'm listening to all our podcasts, by the way. Um, and Neil's but, a JB. T1 is all you'll ever need, folks. <laughs> but um, aye, an, an aging squad in Croatia, but you can see tonight we were clearly beat by by experience, especially yeah. how you look at moderate page. What is a 50? 55 <laughs> 35 I'm showing um, that there but <laughs> but um, no he's he's 35 years of age and he didn't look like he, he didn't look 35 you know he's at, he? exactly exactly he's, he's at the peak of his career he scored that second goal tonight which I hate to say it, it still burns inside me when I'm trying to say that but we were played with a better team tonight but 
going forward, as you say, looking at that team, looking at the ages of the players, it is a very bright future for Scotland, especially when you look at where they play. I mean, you're looking at Premier League players, players who go could go to the Premier League, as I said earlier. And it is, if we could just get that togetherness, the, the unitedness that we've, we've shown during the pandemic for Scotland, I've never seen anything like it, by the way. I've been mm. following Scotland since 2014, and I've never seen anything like it. Like, it's a very divided nation. Yep. You know, and the old firm and Rangers and Celtic, they don't help that. Yep. They really, really don't. Um, And much, I've actually researched in it a wee bit. If you actually look at all the clubs, there's two big clubs in every single nation. It's the same story, you know. It's the same story where those two divide the nation and there's just no sort of togetherness and chemistry. We've got the players there. We've got players like Scott McTominay, Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson. Like other nations would kill to have that sort of world class, you know, choices in their team. But we seem to have that in abundance and we don't seem to do anything about it. But now there seems to be a really young squad there. You know, Billy Gilmore coming through, uh, David Turnbull never played a minute, Nathan Patterson looked great when he came on tonight, by the way. And who who's to come in the next few years? Mm-hmm. And it is exciting oh, times to be a... Exactly. Another fucking left back. Another oh. fucking left back. Another left back, Josh Doig. <laughs> left back. <laughs> fucking stop it. Uh, anything else you'd want to say, Hammy? I think that pretty much wraps up the show this week. Uh, we're not going to do a quiz. We're, all, we're a wee bit upset. I think Hammy had one prepared, but... It's no time for laughing, Joe, is it? No, it is not. I think, in a positive light, it's the first of many. I don't think, I, I, I seriously don't think, and I can say this on record, and you can slag me all you want, but I don't think, I mean, we're 25 minutes in, I don't think it's going to be another 25 years before we get to another Euros, or another 23. We've done the Euros now, let's get to the World Cup, because if you thought the Euros were good, by the way, wait till you see the fucking World Cup. Thank you very much for listening, folks. I always appreciate it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at TA Pundits. That's at TA Pundits on Twitter. You can follow the show on Spotify. Uh, follow us to make sure you never, ever miss when we put a show out. You can also follow on Apple Podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, you have the luxury of leaving a review as well. Now, if you're leaving a review, make sure it's five stars. If it's not five stars, don't fucking bother. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Jim. <laughs>